do you have any belief that you stand a chance to win this nomination, let alone the presidency? Most of the people that are in elective office in Washington, D.C. have held public office before. How's that working for you? Herman Cain, Solutions for a Better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us because we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts because we want you to be informed to help make this a better America. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Hey, Herman. How you doing, buddy? Great. The Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals slapped the administration on the hands again, right? Yeah, they certainly did. I mean, again, I think we have to remember that this is not on the merits of the immigration argument, but it's still very important. The, the, the appeals court panel ruled two to one that the feds do not deserve to have this injunction lifted on start of those executive actions on immigration by President Obama. Remember, this is a fight over whether to issue a stay to lift that injunction. Then there is the fight over the injunction itself. The Fifth Circuit will hear arguments on that in July. And then finally, the original federal judge in this case, he hasn't even ruled on the merits of the matter yet as to whether or not the executive actions are legit or not. So that still has to be dealt with. I had one legal expert tell me yesterday, and I heard another on the radio while I was driving, home say this fight in the courts could go on for a few years and I, wow. I really do think we have to begin to wonder whether or not these executive actions on immigration will ever go into effect while President Obama is in office I mean theoretically this matter could go to the US Supreme Court three different times and you know it, we've seen how long this all takes and you can keep filing motions and back and forth there's no guarantee that it will get to the US Supreme Court on the merits before 20 January the 20th of 2017 when the president's term ends so you know I'm not saying it's a guarantee that it's never going anywhere but this certainly was not welcome news for the administration so what I know that they had they had issued about a hundred thousand of these so are those still in effect, or are those being revoked? No, the uh, the two the, the two or three different times when the administration had jumped the gun, those things have been brought back and clawed back and changed. For example, the 100,000 people were given a multi multiple year extension of their uh, you know, their ability to avoid being deported. Instead of three years, it's been uh, pulled back to two, which is under the current DACA program. The others have all been brought back as well. So you, could we have, you know, we're still arguing about that as to whether or not the administration has the reins in, and they're not accidentally, in their mind, on purpose in some others sending out some of the benefits of the president's executive action. So again, a multi-layered legal fight here that certainly there's no guarantee it's going to be wrapped up anytime soon. That is interesting. Yeah, so in this case, the courts are able to slow the president down in a way that uh, lawmakers have not been able to. Now, is it are they going? To, is the administration going to appeal the Fifth Circuit's that's, ruling? That's or? what we don't know right now. They okay. have not hinted. I mean, theoretically, they could say, yeah, the full Fifth Circuit, we want to hear it on bank. They have all the judges hear it. Or you could go right to the U.S. Supreme Court. Or you could just say, eh, you know what, let's, uh, let's drop that uh, yeah. uh, over the stay, and we'll just fight over the injunction. You know, that could save you a few months, obviously, in dealing with this. But there's no guarantee, of course, that you're going to win at any level. I mean, there's no guarantee for either side, right. frankly. Very interesting. I find it interesting, speaking of interesting, that, well, maybe not, Loretta Lynch, the 
Attorney General, she wants action on the USA Freedom Act. She supports the one that the House passed. Yeah, you know, we're seeing more and more openly uh, and, and very public endorsements of that bill that would rein in NSA surveillance. It would end the bulk collection of records under that part of the Patriot Act known as Section 215. But it would also renew two other expiring provisions of the Patriot Act and the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act that will expire Sunday night at midnight if nothing is done. Lynch just a few minutes ago at a news conference that had to do with another issue that's popped up today. She started out by making a statement on the NSA issue and urging the Senate just to accept this bill, this by very bipartisan measure that was approved, I think it was 338 votes with a big majority of both Democrats and Republicans on board. But in the Senate, it has been, uh, the Senate Republican leadership has been very, very cool to the idea. And that's why we're in gridlock at this point in time. But they're only, backers of this plan are only three votes short of getting the 60 they need in the Senate to move it ahead. You know, I, this is, I, I don't know what's going to happen here with the NSA. It's very possible that maybe there will be a few people, a little lobbying behind the scenes that might change their vote and might decide just to accept this House pass plan. Again, Herman, I think I described this for you yesterday. A lot of times we have Democrat versus Republican. But, you know, sometimes up here the institutional battles don't go along party lines. It's Senate versus House. And right. that's what I think we're seeing right here is you've got Speaker Boehner on board with this bill. You've got uh, most Democrats on board with it. You've got the White House on board with it. The Attorney General the FBI director, and yet the only people standing in the way of it right now are a group of uh, 42, 43 Republicans in the Senate who are trying to give their Intelligence Committee Chairman Richard Burr of North Carolina a little more ability to sort of weigh in on this. So we'll have to see what happens. But at this point in time, remember, lawmakers not in this week. The Senate returns Sunday afternoon with only a few hours to spare before some of these provisions go dark. The two provisions other than uh, the, the bulk records issue that we're talking about that would be that would sunset, that's the bureaucratic language, they would expire Sunday night. One has to do with roving wiretaps on terrorism suspects. The other has to do with surveillance on so-called lone wolf terrorists. So those two things are fairly non-controversial, but they've always been caught up in the broader argument about the bulk collection of phone records. It sounds as if there's a lot of... Uh political motivation here rather than logical motivation because um, you got so many people supporting this thing. You know, it may be a little of, hey, I'm in charge over here, yeah. uh, you know, in the Senate side. We need to have some provisions that we want. You know, look, uh, the Republicans uh, have known that this was coming down the pike in the Senate. They didn't get their bill on the floor in time to have amendments and, and different things. And so they're getting jammed a little. And, again, this is a little House versus Senate yeah, thing at play rather than just Democrats versus Republicans. Well, see, I think that the Republicans are missing an opportunity. It's passed overwhelmingly in the House. Go ahead and take that one in the Senate. And then it's going to look like that the Republicans got something done with yeah. the Democrats. No, you're absolutely right. And, and this one, I think there obviously is a lot of worry. I mean, I, I do think one thing that's at play is that some members of, of the Senate are aggravated that this is basically a victory for Edward Snowden because Snowden ratted out this program, and then it generated a lot of opposition. And I think there's some who would like to still be able to do it. I mean, the, under this plan that was approved in the House, the NSA will still be able to go to court and go check on phone records, except the difference is the data will be held onto by the telephone companies right. and not the NSA. Interesting. Well, we'll see what happens Sunday afternoon, and we'll talk about it on the following Monday. Yep, absolutely. And we'll get a good update. Uh, the... IRS data breach. <laughs> now, John Koskinen says that the criminals are hiring some very smart people. What does that say about the people who work for the IRS? Well, you know, this little 
portal on irs.gov is where you can go to get information about your own tax history. And in, uh, to be able to get in there and do it, it's it's you know it's not just like you plug in one thing and all of a sudden it says, oh yeah, here here's all your information. You got to be able to give it your social security number. You got to be able to give your date of birth and more. And so it raises questions as to how uh, they were able. These people had all kinds of information about individual taxpayers beforehand, before they went to this site called Get Transcript, which has been uh, yeah. uh, put on on ice at this point in time. And so then they were able to get in and get all kinds of other financial information. I mean. To, uh, just quoting here from the website, you must have a social security number, immediate access to your email account, then you'll need to answer personal, financial, and tax-related questions to verify your identity. So, you know, they evidently these people already had a whole bunch of stuff on certain taxpayers, and then were able to go in and get even more information about them. So it's not just your standard uh, sort of ID theft or anything like that. And the other thing was the IRS didn't even realize that there was a lot of downloading of this transcript information going on until just last week. And unfortunately, it had been going on since about February. Um, since February. But now, d does the IRS know who these 100,000 people are? Yes, they do. And those people are going to get a, uh, a regular notice in the mail, the regular mail, to notify them that... Uh, that there's been these issues, and also they're going to notify about 100,000 other people which in which there were attempts made to get their information, but it did not work. Right. Got it. Understand we're going to have another presidential candidate announcement later Yeah, today. Uh, the former senator from Pennsylvania, and the guy who realistically, he was number two uh, last time in 2012 in the GOP race. Uh, former Pennsylvania Senator Rick Santorum will be getting in the race, as many had expected. You know, I mean, remember one thing about Santorum. He, he did finish a strong second last time to Mitt Romney. He won in Iowa. He won in 10 other states. But, you know, again, for him, just like this year is different for former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee when he ran in 2008, this time's a little different for Santorum. I mean, the right side of the GOP is much more crowded. You've got Ted Cruz. You've got Scott Walker. You've got, uh, you know, Huckabee is in this race as well. And I, I don't think a lot of people here in D.C. really see Santorum as a viable kind of candidate going forward. Then again, Nobody would have bet on him winning 11 states uh, back in 2012 either. He's going to get in the race today. Then let's see. The next couple of days on Saturday, we'll have Martin O'Malley, uh, the former Democratic governor of Maryland, getting in. Then on the 1st, we'll have Lindsey Graham. And then on the 4th, Rick Perry. So a whole bunch of candidates getting in uh, in the next 10 days. So O'Malley is going to get in because I hadn't heard that he definitely was going to get in. Well, I mean, look. The emails that I'm getting that he's having this announcement in Baltimore and then he's going to make appearances in Iowa, New Hampshire, I, I don't think you go do that if you're going to say no. You know what I mean, Herman? I know exactly what you mean. So uh, should I put you down as a definite maybe you favor Bernie Sanders' 90% top tax rate? Uh, listen, uh, I guess it used to, he wants to go back to where it was at the beginning of the Reagan administration, huh? Actually, That's what I'd like to see is I'd like to see that voted on in the Congress and see whether and how many people have the uh, cojones to vote for. Yeah, yeah. You may as well tell everybody to commit political suicide. If see, that's what I like. I, I just wish that, uh, you know, everybody's got ideas. 
I just like to see them voted on more often, whether it's from, you know, 999 to that, to the fair tax, flat tax, whatever. I agree. Just vote on it. You know what I've found, Herman, over the years here is that when they just sort of open the floor and they vote on stuff, Sometimes there gets to be a meeting of the minds, like you finally hash it out and you say, oh, yeah, maybe we could do that. But, you know, each party wants to keep a tight rein on that kind of stuff. Well, thanks a lot, Jamie. All right, see you, Herman. You got it. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. When you're listening to Herman Cain, Herman Cain, you won't miss any breaking news. And you'll never miss out on a single solution for a better America. Herman Cain is on Coast to Coast. Coming up, rapid fire. And remember... Only Shane and B can prevent rapid fires. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.